Let us pray. O Lord, our God, we come together today asking for your Holy Spirit to open our hearts, to receive that which you have for each one of us, that which you have for our church. And I pray most earnestly that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable to you. For you are our Lord and our Redeemer. Amen. Years ago, I used to teach eighth grade English. And there was this book that we were asked to use. It was a compilation of short stories. There was one short story that affected me and the students every year. It almost haunted us. We couldn't shake it. And it was called A Man Without a Country. And I have um, tried to find it in short story form since. At the, the first service, Billy White said that he had a book of it at home. But I really haven't been able to recapture it. So I'm going to try to retell the main points. This was a story about a military officer who was found guilty of treason against his country, which was the U.S. He was sentenced to a life of complete separation from America. He would be denied everything that had anything to do with his country. No one could even mention the name of the country in his presence. There would be no flags, no maps, no references and reading material would be available to him, and all patriotic symbols, emblems, were stripped from his uniform, so he had to wear a plain uniform. And to ensure that his sentence would be kept, he was stuck on a boat, on a ship, never to come ashore again for the rest of his life. And he began to ache and to long for the country he rejected. He wrote down every single thing he could remember about U.S. history and its constitution. He recreated the flag out of pieces of cloth. He drew a huge map of his country on his wall from memory. And he wept for his country. And he became grateful in a way he never knew possible for his country. And he wrote an open letter to warn people to not take their homeland for granted. If the church were suddenly taken away from us and we were forbidden to speak of it and we had to get rid of the cross and get rid of the word and the hymns and the music and anything that had to do with Christ's church, how would that really affect us? And for many people in these times that we are living in, it wouldn't make a difference in their life. And for some, most of you sitting here, there would be a longing for the church like the man without a country longed for his forbidden land. And within that guy's quarters on the ship, patriotism was thriving because it had been denied him in countries where worship of Christ is forget, forbidden, the underground church thrives. People will actually put themselves at great risk in order to worship Christ. I remember being jammed into an Orthodox church in a hidden basement in the former Soviet Union, and the people were there with illegal crosses, illegal scripture, and they worshiped with a passion. In Ephesus, this early church talked about in the book of Ephesians, 
That is what they were dealing with is passion. They were so thrilled to be together. They had so much conviction about who Christ really was in their lives that they inspired a letter and Paul wrote to them, or we think it's Paul. We're not quite sure who wrote Ephesians, but I think parts of it were definitely Paul. And he was writing to them as a letter, as a prayer. And they were filled with the spirit, spirit, yet they needed to know some more things. And that was what Paul was doing. But I have to ask the question, what did this church know that we don't know? For this reason began verse 15. And he's talking about the reason being that the people were marked by the Holy Spirit and the gifts and fruits of the Holy Spirit were in evidence. Well, you have that. We saw it yesterday. We see it all the time. I thank you, the epistle continues, because you love each other. Well, we have that. I see it all the time. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And we have that. There's a group of people, maybe just a few, who meet every single week. And sometimes when we pray for our church, at the end of the prayers, we will just say people's names. For no reason, people you wouldn't expect, and just give their names to Christ. And we know how hard it is for people to come to worship because of what the community has said about who the church is. But there are some who will do everything in their power to be here. And others simply don't know how much they are wanted and needed and what the church has for them. So these simple prayers of just naming people's names bear fruit. So when the letter says, remembering you in my prayers, we do that. The prayer for the church in Ephesus continues. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious father to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And that is every pastor's prayer. Please, Lord, let us know more about who you are, Christ. There are parts of you we haven't quite encountered. Please, Lord, let us know more of who you are. And then scripture does tell us that the church is Christ's body with Christ as its head. Therefore, we cannot separate Christ from the church. The church is the community where revelation and the gifts are in evidence in order to know him better. So the passage simultaneously thanks God for the church while praying for spiritual awareness in the church. Thank you for these people, Lord. But do they know what they've got? And that applies to us. That you might know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance. Do we know the inheritance of the living Christ? Do we know? Enlighten the eyes of their hearts. And in in his incomparable great power for those who believe, Power for those who believe. I avoid that language in scripture like you wouldn't believe because I don't want people to feel bad if they don't believe. Well, enough. Christ has power for those who believe. And it's not believing in just anything. It's believing in Christ. Incomparable Great power is given to the church and God's power works through his people. And we see that if Christ, our King were suddenly to disappear off the face of the earth, 
Would anyone notice? Would it turn your life upside down? For those who know, we have to commit to our church because that is what we do for something we love. And the benefit from it is when we give ourselves to it. Every single one of us can commit. Well, maybe Marlene shouldn't, but everybody else should commit to the church more. (laughs) Marlene, you need to commit a little less. Every single person can commit to the church more. And here's the thing. You don't know what other people commit to this place. So we have no basis to judge any other person. Because I know what happens behind the scenes. I know the kind of commitment that takes place here all the time. I remember a couple of weeks ago, a bunch of people planning and planning and on all fours and digging so that They were planting bulbs so that when the spring came, we would see flowers, jonquils, other things, 400 of them. That is commitment. The commitment is here. We can all commit more. If Christ our King were to disappear, 1,200 families, and I was actually told it was more than that, would be without Thanksgiving dinner and food for several meals. I'm very aware of this after yesterday because hundreds of people came from all over to assemble the boxes. And when the vision was cast to do 400 boxes with Knox Presbyterian helping to distribute to the city, I have to tell you, we've gone way beyond that initial effort in so many ways. And the point of this, we have to be very clear about this, is not so that we pat ourselves on the back and say, aren't we great? The point of this has everything to do with the power of the living Christ. Why do the ravens give 53 meals? They're millions of dollars. And Christ our King, over 1,200 to feed families for a couple of days. It takes very committed people. If Christ our King were to disappear, thousands of kids in Africa would be without higher education, which would severely limit opportunities to leave poverty. The power of God and his Holy Spirit is working through our church. And I mention these two outreaches because they had their beginnings right here. They would not exist without this body of believers. This is about the power of God through the community of Christ. But the spiritual benefits of a praying church are immeasurable. The healing that has occurred in this place, you cannot measure. The true knowledge of Christ that has been absorbed in this place from our very beginning over 50 years ago, we cannot measure. A power is here. In spirit-filled churches, which I pray will be our deeper identity, I'd rather have, much rather have the identity of this is a spirit-filled church where people encounter and commit to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior over It's a church that does outreach. The working of God's mighty strength. This is right out of Ephesians. And usually it sounds like flowery language, but let it really sink in. The working of God's mighty strength. His strength that manifested in resurrection power. In raising Christ from the dead. And seated him at the right hand of God. In the heavenly realms. 
That's power. That's more than atomic power. That's the power of God. And this is the God we need to want. He's here. He's here for each one of us to engage in God and his power. We must be able to say, I'm done. I am done. You take over. And with that, the switch is turned on. And Jesus Christ is the answer that God gives to us. For Jesus Christ is far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that he gives now and forever. God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And there we have it without the church filled with Christ's spirit. We have emptiness, free floating feeling of being unsettled, emptiness, empty lives, and it might manifest itself in very subtle ways. We could just feel the things are kind of off. Isn't life supposed to be about more than this? He fills everything in every way. We must decide to want him. And thank God, we do not have to be the people without a savior or the people without a church. Let us pray. Lord, we come to you in the silence of this moment. Lord, help us let you in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I understand that there were actually more than 1,200 boxes that were packed. And these boxes are the second box. There will be another box that they will be given along with a turkey from the Maryland Food Bank. You saw the four trucks out there. Those are the small trucks. The big truck has already left the parking lot. It was um, an amazing thing, and we thank and praise God for the opportunity. One of the things that I noticed with all of these hundreds of people here yesterday is that there was no crabbiness whatsoever. <laughs> people were filled with joy, and it was um, it, thank you to everybody who participated in that. And every age group helped. There was a group of little kids in the cry room stamping on boxes. And I thought, that is brilliant, because they really helped and added. And um, one you know, young kid was helping the men and Jill take tons of boxes into the uh, waiting trucks. So it was really an intergenerational glorious day. We need to dedicate these boxes to make sure they're blessed one of the things that we feel pretty good about is that they get to people who need them. That is what is so good about our relationships with, uh, it's a couple of churches now, but it started with Knox Presbyterian. So let us pray. Lord, we pray that these boxes will actually feed people and give them um, a wonderful Thanksgiving and a few other meals as well. But what we pray for more than anything is not so much the food. It's that a door will be open that people will know that they can trust 
that churches will come through in the name of Christ for them. We pray, dear Lord, that people will know that this is about you. We pray for more opportunities to develop because there is a um, bedrock of trust that's been established in the years that we've been doing this. So we ask for your blessing on Monday when people um, go to the places, distribute the boxes, and we ask for your blessing in every way on this project. There are so many possibilities for glitches. So we do really ask for protection as well. So we ask that these boxes in the name of Jesus Christ be used for your glory. Amen.